Buckle up that chin strap. It's time for college football across the South. The Southern Blitz is here with your co-hosts, Jordan Wallace and Drew Adair. Welcome into the Southern Blitz. We are two weeks into the season, and there are plenty of you that feel the season's over and plenty that feel like you are king of the world. And there's a good chance that you're both wrong. So Drew and I are going to get into a lot here today. I mean, we obviously had a huge week, uh, week two for the college football world. Uh, we've got our pick em update, which I'll get to in a second, and then we'll get to our news before we recap all the week two games. A little stock up, stock down, and then we'll preview next week, obviously. So... Starting with the Pick'em update, this week's game slate is going to be K-State versus Missouri, Tennessee versus Florida, Pittsburgh versus West Virginia, New Mexico State versus New Mexico. Yeah, you like that one. And TCU versus Houston. So, Drew, you uh, you okay with that slate right there? I'm okay. I'm, I'm so jacked about New Mexico. I'm just I'm, – I'm ready for it. I mean, let's hype. Listen, if we can't get anybody in our own conferences that we're fired up about, let's let's go for New Mexico, baby. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, let's go. Lobos. Lobos. Well, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I was making these pick'ems hard enough, so I figured I'd throw in one that's a uh, yeah. basically a pick'em game. It's a, I think it's a one-point spread, but, you know, definitely could go either way. Good luck picking that one. I'm sure you you guys will do plenty of research on the, that big matchup. So Test your, test your, your college football knowledge to the core. And, and to, to talk about those with the knowledge, we have t- only two of our – we ended up at actually at 52 participants, Drew. We only have two that are 10 and 5. That is the best record right now. Um, one of them is a UT Arlington alumni, and the other one is Texas Tech. So okay. having, a better, having a better season on the pick than the field, obviously. But we'll, yeah. we'll get into that later. Uh, we've got nine that are currently sitting at 9 and 6. So that is only 11 people of the 52 that are – you know, well above 500. So the other 14 spots are really up for grabs to get into the top 25 before the cut after this upcoming week. So again, this is the last week before the first cut. We take the top 25 that all move on. And the the person with the best record after this week does get an extra win on his, on his record or her record um, going into the next round. So we had to have some sort of a reward for, for winning the first round. But anyway, Drew, we'll, uh, you know, speaking of the pick'em from this past week, I feel like I keep talking to a wall over here. I, I tell people, North Carolina over South Carolina. You all pick South Carolina. I told you Florida State over LSU. Everybody picks LSU. I said Texas over Bama. And you SEC homers keep picking the SEC teams. What, what is with it, Drew? It's because we're all blinded by our, our SEC rose glasses. I'm telling you, when, when are we going to learn? When are we going to learn to uh, listen to the O-wise one? But, uh, you know, honestly, the sad part is, Jordan, even if I had a chance to pick again, I probably would still pick an SEC team just because of my <laughs> own faults. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, it just it's means an more. It's an illness. It's a disease. It's a disease. So, well, anyway, no, no, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave it alone. I'm gonna leave that alone. We're just gonna toss move, the beach ball. That move was a beach on. Ball right there. But yeah, that um, was a beach ball. Yeah. So anyway, Texas Bama was a tough one to pick, but so was you know a lot of people wanted to go with Nebraska against Colorado and and look at that Drew Prime 
is 2-0 and with the Buffaloes. I know you're a big Prime fan. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm fired up. I mean, again, I just like we said last week, I'm not a gigantic fan of all the antics, that kind of thing. But this team is exciting. Um, but I, I will, let's throw some caution to the wind real quick because I know this is – everybody's fired up and we're on the prime train and things are rosy. But – and they're playing really well. But at the same time, can we please – and I know you're going to comment on this, but can we please look at who they played and how bad – their opponent played. Nebraska looked absolutely oh, yeah. horrible, horrible. You're just teeing were, me up. I, I am, but we knew they were not good going into it. I mean, still, did did you or I predict Prime to be 2-0 and going into week three no. at, or week two? Absolutely not. So, you know, but I'll let you talk about the turnover. Yeah, turnover, so before, before I just dump on, on Colorado, I will say, I mean, the impressive thing with what Colorado has done is they've won two very different games. With TCU, it was an up and down the field shootout nebraska was a defensive battle and give them credit they they found a way to win both games um you you know a lot of it on the nebraska side is it's not so much what colorado did it's what nebraska's offense did and it was horrendous i think this is the first time i've ever seen this drew and I, i tweeted this out and you know some people liked it and some people did not but nebraska had four non contact fumbles in their own backfield I have never seen that. I'm talking nobody got hit. We're How do talking, you do that? Well, yeah. the quarterback just completely dropped two snaps that were right in his hands. Um, they just fell to the ground. The quarterback, again, a lot of issues with the quarterback Sims in this game, but he just shorthanded a handoff to the running back and basically bounced it off his legs. And then he had the center snap the ball a little too early when he was bringing a guy into motion, and he just snapped it into his own tight end. Yeah. So – that's not even counting an awful interception. I mean, he, I I don't, they took a very long time in that game to go to the younger brother of Brock Purdy, Chubba Purdy. Um, I I don't know what they were waiting to see from Sims, but you you never saw anything good. So no, no. It's wild. So, you know what, you know what drew to fully illustrate what I think of the Nebraska offense. I'll, I'll give you a little story from, uh, from our weekend. I, uh, for those that don't know, I have a two-year-old daughter who is semi-potty trained, and I have twin 11-month-olds. So I'm watching all three. My wife's trying to cook dinner. Our two-year-old says, Daddy, I need to go potty. And I was like, okay. So I go to walk her into the bathroom real quick, and she's walking funny. It's like, okay, she's pushing it to the limit. We get in there. We get on the toilet. I have no idea that something else has already happened. So I asked Britt to come in there because, you know, there's still babies crawling around. Britt comes, picks up our son, Caden, no knowledge that anything's wrong, until much later we figure out that Collie had, you know, she didn't have underwear on, she sat on shorts, so a big piece of poop just fell right smack dab in the middle of the floor, Drew. And Caden had then crawled through it, put his foot right in it, and was smearing poop down the hallway of our house. Okay, good deal, good deal. So... And it's and an everyday again, occurrence at your house, right? It really everyday is. Everyday occurrence? Okay. And Britt okay. picks him up so without knowing, and so he's got his foot on her, so now she's got poop on her. I mean, it is – that is that is the best way I can illustrate Nebraska's offense right now. Hey, if you it listen just... to this, then call DHS <laughs> immediately. Call DHS on these parents immediately. <laughs> Nebraska's offense is a poop 
smeared hallway right now. Um, <laughs> and, and I am such a big Matt Rule guy, Drew. I, oh. I thought he was a fantastic hire, and I still think he'll get it turned around. But, yeek, it looks – it doesn't look good right now. Yeah, it's it, disappointing. It, it does. It, it just makes you sit there and say, man, did, did Scott Frost – like, did he did he bring in anybody that could even competently, like, handle a football? I mean, like, I, mean, I know in another transfer portal we got other guys in, but – I mean, gosh, dog, it's like you would think that success would not be that far away. But my goodness, man. I mean, it's just – anyway, the whole the whole moral yeah. of the story here is that, you know, yes, is it great that Colorado's winning? Yes, is it, was the atmosphere fantastic? Did Shadur Sanders play fantastic again? Yes. But, I mean, let's, let, let's hold the horses real quick, you know, before we crown them a playoff. I mean, I, dude, I, I saw something today where people are putting in – in the playoff uh, hunt at this point, Brett McMurphy tweeted yeah, today chance. too. Uh, he tweeted out, let's see, said, Justin, as of this morning, uh, a certain betting site has taken more bets on Colorado to win the college football national championship than any other team. Come on, people. Where's your brain? I mean, that is so down. bad. Overreaction. It's week two. Get a, get a I, hold I, yourself, I can't man. wait till they play somebody. Oregon. A, with an with an O line or a D line, and they just get just destroyed in the trenches. I mean, it's going to uh, be Oregon. It's going to be Oregon I mean, that week. And, and don't, I'm telling you. don't get me wrong, Travis Hunter is incredible. You know, we I'm a huge Travis Hunter fan. I think he's a Heisman front runner, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that that that's pushing a little too far when you're talking about the college football playoff. This hey. keep in mind, this team had an over under win total three and a half. Yeah. Hey, real quick, can we just talk about how sad it was? That they rush the field for this game. Can, can, can we? I mean, really? Can we talk see, about I don't, that? I don't have a problem with it because uh, I don't. Now, oh, now he keep me wrong. I am always anti-rushing the field in general. I don't. I don't love it. I, I recognize there's moments that are huge. This one, I. I mean, yeah, it's it's not good when you rush the field against an unranked opponent at home, but um, a, a winless one at that. So, but. You know, I think it, a lot of it boils down to if the game last week against TCU had been at home, they would have rushed the field for that one. So, oh, yeah. Well, that would have made more sense. This was two weeks I mean, in they, the making. They beat the team that's what and went the national championship. I mean, this yeah. made this made. Hey, at least tell me some guy out there in the Twitter space uh, or X or whatever it's called now. Please tell me somebody at least rushed the field and went and sat in the uh, turnover throne. You know, at least, <laughs> at least that's what I would have done. I, I wouldn't have gone to midfield. I would have gone straight to the throne is where I would have gone. So, anyway, that's well, enough about Colorado. So. Yeah, yeah. The Big 12 SEC podcast about Colorado. Well, I guess they'll be yeah. in the Big 12 next year, uh, so hey, it's fair. Everybody loves Dion. Yeah. Hey, one, one last comment. Do you think that, uh, that Dion knows how to do the gator chomp? You think he can do the gator chomp, man? You think so? I think that coming from Florida State, I'm, I'm sure he's not a fan. Okay, well, I, I bet if they paid him enough money, he'd chomp, chomp all day, brother. I bet hey, he would. hey, we have not gotten to the panic button segment of the pod drew so you, you hold on to that. hold on to that all right um but no one last comment i will make just just because i want to get my jab in both of his sons shiloh sanders and shadur both had unsportsmanlike penalties in this game fyi um parenting coaching uh, who knows yeah, so, yeah. parenting parenting problems Speaking, problem. yeah. Speaking of of good parenting, I don't know that Mel Tucker's a very good uh, <laughs> very good advocate for that either. So, um, for those great that have not segue. seen, yeah, 
Michigan State's head coach Mel Tucker is, I guess the official term is what, Drew? Suspended for now? Likely yeah. to be fired? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's all he's everything but fired at this point. He's uh he, he's the official bad man of uh of the college football world right now. He is well, he is the scum of the earth. So that's about all and, we're gonna say about him. And so what he's being accused of, he sexually harassed a rape survivor and activist. Um I don't know. There's there's a lot of conflicting stuff, whether or not it's true. We're not going to get into all that. Um, I will say, fun story on Mel Tucker from before. Why I, I was never a Mel Tucker fan after I heard this. You know, he was the defensive coordinator at Georgia, takes the head job at Michigan State, does really well early on, gets a huge contract, $9 million a year. Right after signing that $9 million a year uh, contract, he gets $100,000 sent to him from the administration that was, hey – Here's a bonus to, to divvy up amongst your assistants as you see fit. Well, you want to know who he divvied it up to, Drew? Who? Himself. All 100000 yep. of it, he just kept in his own pocket. Didn't give it to anybody, which, you know, I, if you're thinking about the D coordinator, offensive coordinator, those guys make plenty of money. Not a big deal. Those GAs, Drew, I mean, those guys are probably making fifteen grand a year Nothing. living with three Nothing. roommates. I mean, that's – I don't know. That is a slimy thing to do, and I can't imagine wanting to work for a guy like that. Can't hide money, baby. Can't hide money. <laughs> can't hide money. Hey, hey, he probably just said those GAs were just lucky to be in his presence, man. Just lucky to be. That was enough payment for them right there to be in Mel's presence. So, well, yeah, not for much longer, most likely. Nope. So, all right, let's uh, let's get the mood back up. Let's go. Let's start with some stock up, uh, Drew. Give us give us your first stock up for this week. Oh man, yeah. Mood, let's 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 get the mood up. I mean, yeah. Can, this is this is not. This is way harder than it used to be. FYI. So SEC, my my beloved conference, please make this easier in the future to give uh, stock ups. But my first stock up is going to be to probably uh, unbelievably uh, the most impressive P five win for the SEC. The Mississippi State Bulldogs had a another nice week and beat the. Arizona Wildcats in a pretty pretty exciting game if you stayed up for it. And, it was the first uh, loss for the Pac-12, Drew. First loss for the mighty Pac-12, which is a big deal. Um, but man, it was just it was a good win for Mississippi State. Uh, let's just go ahead and talk about that game while we're while we're jumping yeah. into it. Woody Marks had a fantastic game. Um, he really is leading this team into the first two weeks of the season. And the crazy thing was, I saw a stat uh, today. I can't remember what it was, but they are throwing the ball way less, which is no surprise uh, under the new regime. But, uh, yeah, it, Woody had a he had 24 carries, 123 yards, one touchdown. Mississippi State wins 31-24. to 24. Just a good win, a game they were supposed to win. Uh, Delara for Arizona. To. You need, but you need to. And Delara was exciting, but the guy threw four interceptions for Arizona. But Mississippi State plays LSU this upcoming week, which we'll talk about. But this game was a must-win if these guys are going to go to a decent bowl game and surprise everybody. And we've got a good Mississippi State friend, Jordan, that told us in the beginning of the season that Mississippi State never gets the credit it deserves. They always overachieve. And, hey, you know, I would agree. We'll see if they can do it again. But regardless, good win, stock up on the yeah. Bulldogs. I, I agree. And you know what? I don't, I don't want to travel too far, Drew, so I'm going to stay within the state for my stock up in the SEC. Um Best win of the week, probably for an SEC team with Ole Miss. You know they now. Now, granted, Tulane was without their star quarterback Michael Pratt. That's still a solid football team. 
Ole Miss went in and won by three scores. So you really can't ask for a whole lot more if you're if you're the Rebels. And they look good defensively. They look strong offensively. Uh, this is you're going to have a wide open SEC West, Drew. We'll we'll get into that more, but yeah, stock up for the Rebels. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, nice win for them. And, and hey, Jackson Dart's been getting it done. And, and to me, that's really good to see because with a with a really packed quarterback room, Jackson has played well. And, hey, they did it again. Judkins did not have – I think he had like 40-something yards rushing. So, they're doing it without their best player getting in sync. And so, hey, props to the Rebels. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and another nice thing to see if you're, if you're an Ole Miss person is, you know, they had – two receivers over a hundred yards last week um, and Watkins and Harrison this week, they have another one. It's a completely different guy. It's Dayton Wade. So if you keep stacking up receivers that can do that, that's a, uh, that's only going to help your case. So. Yeah. 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 And we'll see. I mean, I know some people have bagged on them because they're like, Hey, there's a backup quarterback for Tulane, but Hey, a win's a win. They, again, they won by three touchdowns. Um, Ole Miss will be tested very soon. So we'll, we'll see how for real they are. Yeah, you got a you got another stock up for the for the Big Twelve now. Yeah, uh, let's go back to Big Twelve a little bit. You know, a little bit easier uh, in the Big Twelve, I, I, I guess. Um, both conferences seem to be struggling, but I'm going to give Kansas some love um, in their win over the Illini here uh, this past week on Friday night. I, I thought that it was really good to see our boy Jalen Daniels back out there. Uh, he wasn't just unbelievable but he was uh, he was he, he was he was shiny uh, like he always is but Devin Neal um, looked really good for Kansas uh, high shot looked good I mean yep. really overall they were just a solid tandem carried the game I mean I'm not trying to act like Illinois is uh, you know is an amazing team or anything of that nature but uh, it was good to see Kansas roll as they should in that game and so Kansas with Jalen Daniels back looks like they're poised to uh build on the success that they have had in the past couple of years. Now, let me ask you something, Drew. Sure. I, I know I know there was another big game that's going to make this a little bit harder to say now, but is Jalen Daniels the best quarterback in the Big 12? Uh, no. I mean, I, I think he I think he could very well be, you know, the second best. But, yeah, I mean, Quinn is right now the best quarterback in the Big 12, no doubt. Okay. So. Now, I mean, do we want to call Quinn the SEC? <laughs> you know, I mean, in the look pseudo, at that, Drew, Drew can't SEC. even compliment the Big Twelve. He has to, he has to just grab the Big Twelve yeah. teams that are going to the SEC. Right. Yeah, you know, Okay, uh, so yes, Jalen is the uh, best quarterback in the new. Big 12. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's 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 fair. Um, I, I mean, you know, I think we're we're gonna get obviously to Texas as a as a stock up. Um, before we do, I'm going to hit one other with Cincinnati. Um, yeah. You know, I had them picked lower in the in the conference going in, so they got a nice blowout win in week one against a, a lesser opponent. And then this week, they they go in as a touchdown underdog at Pitt and get a huge win. And they were they were way ahead in this game. They're up twenty seven to seven, and they let them come back a little bit. But big win for Cincinnati. Um, really setting up well for two weeks from now when they host Oklahoma. So we'll see if they can keep their stock up. Yeah. Um, but what goes up must come down, Drew. Oh, you know what? Before we get the stock down, sorry. We need to we need to address the the elephant in the room. Well, mm. I guess that's now it's the mm. dead elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> oh, I see what you did. Yeah. <laughs> Texas Bama. Oh, what are your yeah. initial thoughts of that game? And and don't 
Don't forget about all the listeners that you lied to and said that Bama was going to win this by double digits. Uh, hey, Jalen, Milro, if you're listening, I'm still here for you, bud. I'm still here for you. Listen, I, I, everybody else is, you know, it's like that that that, uh, that meme out there with, you know, Will Smith from Fresh Prince. He's standing there by himself in the living room. You know, I'm still here, Jalen. Still here for you. Um, man, I, you know, first of all, a, a really interesting game. I, it, it really felt like Bama. We talked about it by text, but it really felt like Bama was going to kind of take over in the third quarter when they had a couple deep passes. But Texas just kept striking back. And the skill players for Texas, which we, if you've listened to this pod, we've talked about those skill players. Jordan was way bolder than I in his predictions. But, I mean, uh, Jatavian Sanders, you know, Xavier Worthy. I mean, all these guys – looked so good and they looked like the real deal and so I you know I just think it comes down to like we said who is going to play better at quarterback and it wasn't even a contest I mean Jalen Milrow looked totally out of his league um, he made so many passes that that looked strange that some of them worked out some of them didn't but he made big time mistakes in big time moments and uh, Quinn Ewers uh, we, we got we got the good version on a Saturday night and yeah. Texas looks for real and honestly um, you know, Alabama just look, it just looks like this thing has, has officially, uh, kind of the empire has, has ended in a way. I don't know. Wow. Killing the dynasty. Killing it. Well, uh, you know what? I, I love what you said about the, the skill position. So, you know, Texas can get enough out of their running game, which, which they did against Bama, their receivers and tight end room. Woof. I mean, it might be the best in the country. I think, Ohio State might have them with the receivers, but you throw in the tight end as well. Texas is uh, right there, one or two in the country. Um, just so much talent for Quinn to, to throw to. But I'll, uh, I'll throw a few stats at you real quick, Drew. So you probably, everyone probably remembers Bama and Texas met in that 2009 national title game. Since that game, Texas's best season is not as good as Bama's worst season, Drew. Yeah, that's uh, that's not good because that's you know that's a solid fourteen seasons of just your best is not as good as their worst, but you know what it was on Saturday. So, yeah. um, you know for those that have said OU and Texas aren't gonna aren't gonna be able to hang in the SEC, well, Texas just went in there one trip to Tuscaloosa and handed Bama a double digit loss, which was the first in Saban's career as a head coach at Alabama. Uh, it's also their first. Home, or sorry, their second home loss in the last seven years. They are twenty-eight and one against the SEC at home. That, and Drew, can you name that one loss by any chance? Who that? That was twenty nineteen. That was to Joe Burrow and that freak show of an LSU team, and that was still yeah. only by five. So, yeah, Texas really going into uncharted waters. I mean, just really can't say enough about how well they played in that game because they they looked very much like the better team as well. Yeah, but you know that roster was was really, it's, it's just loaded. And you, you you said it right there. I mean, they are poised to have success in the SEC. Uh, the more success they have, they're going to get better and better. And the last thing I'll say about the game is this: you know, the biggest thing that was sold to us in the preseason was Alabama's offensive line was meant to be maybe the strongest part of their team. Young, some youth, but some veteran guys too. Um, they they really really struggled, and uh, that was part of Jalen Milrow's demise. But overall, I just thought that they were so exposed in the game, which is even more shocking if you're an Alabama fan because that that's usually the pillar that you can lean on. So 
there's some major problems. And, hey, Jordan, guess what? They have the weirdest game in the world this week. They travel to South Florida. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's just odd. It, the whole thing is odd, and it's just a weird setup, and things aren't good right now. No. All right. Let's uh, – like I said, we're going to talk some stock down. Give me your first one. Either conference, shoot. Stock down. <clears throat> Not my panic is what you're saying. <clears throat> no, not your panic. Not yeah. Just a just <laughs> a general me. stock down. We're uh, not we're not quite to DEFCON one yet. So Okay. Well, uh you know, I'm gonna go and here here we go again. Here my reputation precedes itself, but uh Missouri. What are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, the same team that got absolutely wiped out by Alabama in week one, uh, you flirt with for four quarters uh, in Columbia, Middle Tennessee State, and uh, Man, that that wasn't even just flirting. I mean, they uh, were no, that was they were they were they were fully they were on, on the, the brink. Day. They were fully on the day at that point, and I mean, they honestly should have lost the game. Should have lost yeah. the game. I mean, what I what I did watch was horrible. Um, you know, Brady I'm Cook kind of curious, Drew. Uh, you yeah. know, with your, your your analogy here, this is this is on the date now. What what, do you, what would you call it if, Miss, if Middle Tennessee State won? <laughs> I don't know. It's a uh, this is. Right, a, we'll we'll keep it clean and keep trying, moving. Where are you trying to take this pod, Jordan? Good guy, yeah. unbelievable. Um, but no, it was just it was just poor. I mean, it really was poor. And this team, um, I, I don't know. I still don't know who they are. And again, we keep talking about the next week, the next week, but huge week ahead. I mean, prove it week, yeah. Kansas State. And, um, you know, I, nobody feels good about where Mizzou is at this point. Um, and, again, I just think it comes back down to, you know, quarterback play. They have zero run game. They have decent guys in the skill positions. Their defense is good enough to win them games. But they, you know, when we get an SEC play, dude, this is this, this could derail real fast. So, I, I really yeah. don't like where Mizzou is right now. Well, you know, and I talked Mizzou up a lot in the preseason. Um you know, my big question mark, unfortunately, for them was always going to be quarterback play. And I thought Brady Cook was going to really take a hold of that position. Um, and I, I think after watching the first week, we, we all thought, hey, he's the better quarterback between him and Sam Horn. It's not a huge difference, but he's better. Well, man, if, if, that, if the better quarterback is who played against Middle Tennessee State, Missouri's going to be in trouble going forward. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, because they can't – they're going to have to put a lot of pressure on him because they can't run the ball. I mean, Cody Schrader averaged 3.7 a carry against Middle Tennessee State. So, yep. I, I don't I don't know what you do offensively with, with that being the case. So, I, I, I totally agree with you on stock down for, for Missouri. Um, I'll, I'll give you – I'll give you one of mine going back to the other side of things, and that's Houston. You know, they – just a weird game. You know, they get a solid win last week against UT San Antonio, and then they come back and play Rice, and they're down 28 to nothing to JT Daniels and Rice. And for those that don't remember JT Daniels, he's the quarterback that went to USC, and then he went to Georgia, and then he went to West Virginia, and now he's at Rice. So, uh, you know, the guy's been all over the country at this point, but he's still not a good quarterback. And they're down 28 nothing. They come back and actually tie it with 15 seconds left of the game at 28. And I was like, okay, they're going to end up pulling this off. Nope. They end up losing in double overtime anyway. And now you've got a loss to Rice on your schedule. You're getting ready to start Big 12 play soon. I, it's just – I don't know. I, there's a reason, Drew. There's a reason I picked them last in the Big 12, and this game kind of just tells me, you know what, good call. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Couldn't agree more. And uh, the fact that they had to come back – you know, make that that much of a jump. 
against JT Daniels just says everything you need to know about him. Yep. All right. Unless you got another, you have another stock down you want to jump to, or, or can I'll, I make you push the button? I'll give one more. In, All right, uh, you go in, ahead. In the Big Twelve, I'm, I'm going to give it to Texas Tech uh, because they they literally had the game one, and, um, and which would have been a gigantic win. And we talked about them last week how we were not panicking, and, and we even texted. We're like, oh look, we didn't panic on Texas Tech. Oh, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to bounce back. Huge win. And they throw a costly pick that is a pick six, wins the game, um, it's major stock down in Lubbock now. I mean, things are not pretty. And yeah. uh, 0-2 to begin the year. And this team well, is better than 0-2. But, uh, and and yeah. again, if, if people didn't catch the game, they were down by one point. They're driving. I think they're around midfield. You know, they've still got a minute left in that game. So they got all the time in the world to just set up for the game-winning field goal. And instead, Chuck just throws a pick six, which – yeah, you know, officially killed them. It, I don't know. It's it's a tough one for me to call because, you know, despite the loss, they came back out and they battled a really good Oregon team. So I, but they did lose. I'm definitely stocked down from where I had them to to start the season. I, I'm still not on the panic button for them yet, Drew. Um, I now for for me, I am on the panic button for for Baylor, but I'm not going to get into that one yet because we we talked about that one last week after the loss to Texas State. You know, they, they played solid as well. I mean, they really played tough with, with Utah. It was a great game. Um, the the issue is you got Blake Shapin still out for another couple of weeks, and, and Sally Robertson is not good. No, just super, super turnover prone. And I don't I don't have any faith that he can put enough points on the board to, to, to bail out a defense that struggled week one. I, I just don't see – if you told me Baylor's going to play a decent team, I just don't know how they win. I mean, is their offense going to win? Is their defense going to win? I don't. I don't see a way that they really win games right now. Right. Yeah. Starting to see why uh, they're not too sad in Starkville about losing uh, Sawyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, I mean, not not a not a huge loss. Not a huge loss. <laughs> so I will I will ask you because one thing I thought that was interesting on the uh, on the Baylor Utah game. So Utah's down inside the goal line at the end, um, and, and Baylor lets them score rather than letting them kick the game-winning field goal, which I, you know, totally on board with that. When there's a minute, minute and a half left, let them score by all means. And in fact, the, the Baylor player actually pushed the Utah guy into the end zone to score. My problem is they were there with a minute and a half, but by the time they ran the play that actually scored, there was only 17 seconds left. I just that's what I don't understand is why you do that at that point. Because again, it all comes down to odds. Are the odds better that Utah will miss a short, you know, 20 yard field goal. Maybe you block it or are the odds better that if you let him score a touchdown, you can somehow score a touchdown in 17 seconds. Right. I, me personally, I'm going to make a college kicker, make a kick and Absolutely. I'm going to bring the house at him. I, I just, it's all about the odds. And I, I, I completely agree with letting him score if there's a minute left, but, 17 seconds, you're just, what are you doing? That, that made no sense to me. Yeah, I agree completely. So, now, despite me saying that, Drew, if you, again, if you, for y'all that missed the game, Baylor got the ball with 17 seconds left. They chunked one deep, and somehow Utah let a guy behind the defense, caught it, ran it down to the 22-yard line. Baylor got one last shot at the end zone. And if you're on our Twitter, you, you saw that we shared it. A lot of sites have shared it. 
whether or not it was pass interference on the final play. Um, I think it was. Every time. Every time. Nine nine out of ten times, that's a P.F. No doubt about it. Yeah. And you know when that tenth time is, Drew? It's when it's the last play of the game and the ref just doesn't want to throw the flag at the end of the game. Kind of like on a Hail Mary. But at the same time, he was mugged. You got to throw the flag. They didn't. I mean, nope. I I do understand because I'm I'm notorious for being like, you know, refs stay out of the – Stay out of yeah, play, yeah. I you know it. that kind of thing. I mean, I'm notorious for that, but like you said, if we if we watch that replay a hundred times, the guy's all over his back. I mean, and I'm with you. I couldn't believe that Utah let the guy behind the secondary in that moment. I mean, it was really a wild ending. Almost gave them a gift, but um, but yeah, just just kind of crazy. But I, it should have been a pi. I hate that it wasn't called. Not surprised it wasn't called necessarily, but uh, tough times in Waco. Tough times. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I'm going to let you hit the panic button just a second. I want to throw in one last stock down I almost forgot about. My final stock down, Drew, goes for East Coast weather. I was all excited for my Saturday to start an hour earlier than normal because Vanderbilt, Wake Forest were kicking off at 10 a.m. So I was like, all right, we're going to get a game early. I get it. Plus, I was excited to because, you know, Vanderbilt's a little lower on my list to try to watch the whole game when we've got so many good SEC Big 12 games that I need to watch. So I was like, I'm going to get to watch a solid hour to, you know, really get a good feel for Vandy. They get one minute into this game, and all of a sudden, they, the announcer or the ref comes on the field and says, there's been a lightning strike within eight minute or eight miles of the stadium. We're now going into delay. And they went into delay <laughs> for about an hour and a half. And I was like, that yeah. freaking figures. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stock down for the for the weather. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't think it's a stock down for Vandy. They – they played decently well in this game. They just not enough to take off Wake Forest. You know, yeah. they're, you know, we, we've talked kind of poorly about AJ Swan, but he threw for 314 yards and, and three touchdowns in this one, Drew. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I have no, I said it last week. I have no confidence in these guys. Um, and, you know, Swan didn't play bad, but he, he's not going to do anything to wow you. I mean, he's not going to do anything to blow your mind um, to be that elite player. And so, you know, Vanderbilt, they just, they just lack that that X factor, man. I mean, they they do. And when the SEC play starts, it's going to be it's going to be tough. But hey, I was going to ask you. So before we get into panic buttons, Jordan, this is a a good a place to talk about it uh, as any. But do do we uh, speaking of panic buttons? You know, through through two weeks, I mean, basically the SEC is uh, three and six against Power Five teams with uh, basically the best win. Coming against arguably Arizona, Cal, uh, you know, Tulane. Well, so, I guess Tulane without well, their star quarterback. Me. Yeah, I mean, so the whole world's talking about this, so we might as well talk about it here on the uh, the best pod in the land, uh, of course. But everybody's asking. We're, we're going you know, on Josh Pate's podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry. yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the big questions are, hey, what, what's going on? I mean, sluggish starts. Um, you know, is it parity? Is NIL finally playing a, a, a role in this? I mean, are teams just so uh, even at this point that you're seeing, you know, tougher and tighter matchups? I mean, there's so many questions going on. I, I even wonder, Jordan, just my opinion, if we're finally seeing guys that are getting paid um, large amount, large sums of money, that, you know, guys that are getting paid any sort of money, we're, we're kind of seeing – NFL type play now, like hey, yeah, yeah I, not, I care, but I don't get hurt. Yeah, unemotional, unemotional play. Um, 
I don't the pageantry of college football, even during the Bama Texas game. I mean, it, it was a great game, but it didn't feel like the past. Like, it didn't feel like a huge game. And um, something's missing. The SEC may wake up this week. I don't know, but man, it has been a weird, weird start. Yeah, I and I I completely agree. It, it's the COVID seniors, which I think are finally going to be gone after this year. It's the parody of the the portals creating. I I don't know what it is it's kind of fun though um but you're gonna see a lot more of texas state knocking off baylor and and stuff like that uh at the same time it's surprising i mean what's what's the sec right now drew i mean they won in like one in five and against ranked opponents i think that's yeah i'm trying to remember all the ranked opponents they played but i think the only win they have is the old miss over tulane and again like you said tulane didn't even have their quarterback so it's a, uh, I don't know. It's been a weird year. You know, maybe, maybe all those SEC fans need to stop talking so much trash to OU in Texas coming into the conference. I mean, real quick, here you go. A non-conference records versus power five opponents, Pac-12. That's we, as we guess, cause we're a Pac-12 podcast, but uh, Pac-12, <laughs> uh, Pac-12, six and three, ACC's four and four, big tens, three and three, big 12 is four and five, SEC's three and six. So really, when you look at those records, I mean, there is even parity in those records, Jordan. And so, I mean, you know, six and three is good, but the rest of them, between four and four and three and six, not a whole lot of yeah. differentiation going on there. So, I, I'm all in for parity in college football. I think it's great being a fan of a, a team that is, you know, not, you know, one of the blue bloods of college football. I mean, it's, I think it's a good thing, but it's really strange to see it maybe really taking place and taking root um, this soon. I guess so. It, it's it's an interesting topic. We're going to see it play out here in the uh, yeah. the coming weeks. I, I like the I like the optimism and the and the warmth that brings your heart. I hit I a panic well, button I, on somebody and crap on their season, Drew. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know what? I that's a great segue because I love crapping on somebody. We're 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 going to just <laughs> panic. We're just going to panic this thing right now. I am going to panic on the Texas A and M fighting Aggies, baby, because oh, we are right back, right back where we have been in the past after getting, you know, crazy fired up week one when we beat a, you know, a dominant New Mexico team. Um, but here we are. We go down to uh, Miami, Coral Gables, and uh, get our face handed to us again. And, um, you know, I, I just – it just feels eerily similar. I know the numbers don't look terrible. Turnovers tell the story. Um, you know, Connor Wegman didn't play terrible, but he made too many mistakes. But – it just, you know, I just look at their roster and, and I sit there and think about Miami and I'm like, there is no way that A&M with that roster, that talent, that coaching staff, as far as offensive coordinators and other guys like that, not Jimbo, um, but that they they should lose a game like this. They should go down, handle business, maybe tight for a little while, but they should win this game, make it happen, head into SEC play. But now here we are. We're one and one a disappointing loss, and uh, another head-scratcher on the resume of none other than Jimbo. Overpaid, mm -hmm. Fisher. Okay, I'd like to respond. So, I I completely agree with the here we are again. I mean, that's that's the concerning thing when you're A&M is how. I mean, if you ever want to be the elite team that you think you deserve to be, and you've paid a lot of money to be that. I mean, you've got so much money wrapped up in Jimbo, and your recruiting classes and the, the return on investments just 
poor at this point. Because, uh, again, true, they got they got handled by Miami. This was this was not Miami upsetting them. I mean, Miami was by far the better team. You know, once they – and that, that was my concern at halftime because, again, I, I may or may not have had money on A&M in this game, uh, minus three and a half points. But that was my concern at halftime was, man, they are really just – if Miami cleans up the miscues, they look better right now. And they, they finally cleaned it up. I mean, they gave A&M a couple touchdowns on special teams after they had a punt blocked inside their own 10. They muffed a punt inside their own 10 and, and, and gave 14 points right there to A&M. But I don't know. It, here's my issue, though, Drew. I, I get it. I get the panic button on A&M. I'm not there yet for a couple reasons. One, I, I was concerned about the O-line going into this year. I It was bad last year. I didn't know that it was going to be a whole lot better, and it, right now it doesn't look that way. Um, the defense on Saturday makes me want to panic a little bit because that's the one thing you thought you could count on with A&M, and it's one thing I, I was counting on with them. Um, the one ray of hope, if you're an Aggie fan right now, is at least you finally have a quarterback that can play well. I mean, Connor Wegman – Again, we talked about the O-line not being very good. He was running for his life, especially down the stretch in that game. And he was still trying to make plays. Um, I knew it through a couple late interceptions and, and, and all that. But you've got a good quarterback. The O-line's got to get better. The defense needs to just return to form. And, and the good news is, who, who are the top three teams in the SEC West going into the season, Drew? Alabama, LSU, A&M. Yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, <laughs> and Arkansas, obviously for you. Um, you talk about those first three. Yeah, a loss already. So, yep. I mean, the SEC West—that's that's the wide fun open. story to me, Drew. Yeah, wide, stinking open. Um, you know, you talk about those three in Arkansas, and then Ole Miss, all in it. Uh, Mississippi State could make some noise. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that I see Auburn making a whole lot of noise. I wasn't real impressed with them. Um, on Saturday, but man, I, if you told me one of those other teams won the West, it wouldn't surprise me. I could, yeah. I could see any of them doing it. And it, if, if there was a year for it not to be just dominated by somebody, it's going to be this year. Yeah, so. you hit the you hit the nail on the head. That's that's the silver lining part of this is the SEC West has never been more wide open. So yeah. you're right, the Arkansas's, the Ole Misses, and the let's throw State in there too. I mean, you got to be licking your chops saying we got to get right. The weaknesses have got to improve this next week. Really, I mean, SEC play starts this week. But, I mean, you got to clean it up and win the games you're supposed to win and hang in there because anything could happen at this stage. Well, and, you know, I kind of want to double down on something I said before the season where I said the SEC West champion was going to have at least two losses. I've kind of leaned more towards three at this point, Drew. It's going to be so wide open, you're going to see everybody get beat. Yeah. Um, and when you're, yeah. when you're already talking to three top teams, you know, supposedly no offense, Arkansas or, or Ole Miss or anything. Um, the three top teams though, already have a non-conference loss before you have to play the SEC West. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it'll be fun. That's for sure. But not to yeah. my own horn, but, uh, man, who, who called this? Oh, well, yeah. Oh, me, me. I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I called it and they're, they're going to lose, they're going to lose three or four games. I'm telling you, watch it. It's going to happen. You. Okay, so you you got the Aggies losing three or four? Yep, I do. That, that was in my preseason standing. Yeah, right, I had right, fourth right. in the fourth in the West, fourth in the West. So. No, I, and I have I definitely have no problem with it now. I think at this point nine and three is probably a best case scenario for A and M. I say that with the talent they've got. I mean, best case scenario at this point is eleven and one. But 
being realistic, I'd say probably nine and three is where I'd lean. But we'll see. Well, and, and you know, hey, look, we're for for talking points. We're we're overreacting. I mean, it, it's still you know it's it's week if you count week zero, or whatever. But it, we're going into week three. I mean, anything yeah. can happen. Everything could turn around. So let's let's keep that in mind. All right. Well, since since you brought him up and you did have the uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks ranked ahead of the Aggies in your preseason poll, um, why don't you go ahead and dive into their game? Twenty eight to six. That I know they were a thirty eight point favorite against Kent State. Didn't quite cover that, but still a convincing win. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to talk to any Razorback fan that's that's fired up about this game, but we've also been on the receiving end of some some bad losses against teams like this. So I mean, we'll take the win. Um, to keep it brief, I mean, Arkansas's got some 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 black eyes to deal with. It basically had to make plays with his legs to win this game. And Arkansas did not want to do that. I read a, basically a tweet today that said, hey, Arkansas did not want to, um, you know, get the Ferrari out of the garage, but they had to on Saturday. And so Arkansas's got Any offensive line. hits. Yeah, Arkansas's got offensive line problems, and uh, they have got to shore it up quickly. They've got BYU this week to kind of – Tune it up. Not an easy game, for sure. Uh, but they have got to get it figured out because it is a huge problem. And, they, and again, they gave up way too many plays, 15 yards or more, passes. Um, you know, no Rocket. Rocket won't play this week either. So, um, But, you know, supposedly we've heard about this deep rushing attack. I mean, we need to see these guys step up. So, you anyway, know, I, I think that, honestly, Arkansas might be the team that's got the most to, to gain by working on things this week against BYU. So we'll see what happens. But, hey, you're 2-0. You didn't lose a game you weren't supposed to lose. Um, you didn't look as bad as Missouri, so that that's good. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby Sorry. steps. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you don't have to worry too much. I mean, there was a whole lot of sluggish on Saturday. You know, just teams a lot that of it. let teams hang around. I mean, you look at the back-to-back national champs. Georgia just came out sluggish again on offense in this one, and, you know, it's still 0-0 after the first quarter. Um then they got a punt return for a touchdown. Then it was just turnover, turnover, touchdown, touchdown. You know, the defense really got them rolling. Obviously, obviously special teams in there as well. But, uh, you know, if you're a Georgia fan, you probably got some serious uh, question marks around the new offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo, right now. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's uh, they were calling for Bobo's head about uh, second quarter uh, this week. I'm telling you, they weren't going to put up with it anymore. Um, well, so. it's Ball State. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, should be no a banged up ball state. I mean, yeah. a banged up. I mean, Kentucky killed them the week before, and they they were missing guys. And I mean, you know, I'm with you. I just it, it seems like something's missing. I mean, you look at the final score, and you're like, hey, no big deal. But you know, it's almost like Carson Beck. Um, just again, you talk about that it factor, that winning mentality, and we forget. This is something else we text about this weekend, but you forget how vital an elite quarterback is to a team in the SEC. And, I mean, I don't – Carson may end up being a great quarterback. But, man, when you when you take off – take over for a guy like Stetson Bennett, I yeah. mean, man, it's just – you know, maybe we should have expected a, a downturn. Maybe we expect too much, Jordan. Maybe we did. Well, maybe we did. And it's funny you, you mentioned Ball State getting beat up on by Kentucky the week before. But, again, Kentucky didn't look good against them. Um, Devin Larry struggled a lot in that game. And, and you know what, Drew? It's it's probably not a popular one, but I'm going to hit the panic button on two and O Kentucky. That's that's my panic button this week. Is Devin Leary looks awful. I mean, he looks like basically like Will Levis did last year when he was so disappointing. And, and the reason I say panic button, you know, 
I had them high. You had them number two in the East behind only Georgia. You know, I think a lot of people thought this was a year that Kentucky could make some noise, and I don't see any way that's possible. I mean, they they won 28-17 to 17 over Eastern Kentucky. That is an FCS school that they had no business have being, a, being in a game with if you want to accomplish the things you talk about. So that's that's my panic button right now, Drew. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I may have to eat my words on the Kentucky Wildcats. And, and, you know, Leary's numbers at the end of the game don't look that bad. 299, four touchdowns, one interception. But he's just – he's not, like – he's <clears throat> not providing any kind of wow factor to the game. And that's a great comparison to Will Levis last year. You know, and I would say there's some kind of correlation there, but they've got a defensive offense. They've got a different offensive coordinator. I know. And, it's uh, bizarre. Yeah, so they're – you know, it's just like you would think that something would be different, which, by the way, uh, man, their offensive coordinator had a major medical event Saturday night. So oh, I didn't see that. that. Kentucky's uh, uh, fam- uh, family there because, I mean, it, it apparently it's a bad deal. But anyway, I don't know what the status is on that. But it, it just doesn't make sense. The consistency factor doesn't make sense with Devin Leary. So we'll, we'll see, man. About time to wake up uh, if you're Devin Leary, for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, let's stay on the the sluggish train. Um, obviously, OU and SMU, and, and you know SMU is not an FCS school, so don't don't let me give you that impression. And OU was only a, a two touchdown favorite in this game. It was a weird game, though. You know, it final was twenty eight to eleven, but it was you know SMU was held to three points in the first three quarters. The the OU defense is just light years ahead of where it was last year. Um, but it's a little bit misleading because some of it was that both offenses were having success. And so they were moving the ball some and picking up a couple first downs and then punting. So it was running a whole lot more clock than, uh, than normal. And so it wasn't necessarily just a defensive slugfest, but, you know, give, give SMU a lot of credit. Their offense played, you know, well enough to keep them in the game for a little while. Um, they just couldn't finish drives. Uh, but, yeah, you know, the OU defense held SMUs to its lowest point total in the last six years. So, yeah, I, I know that's confusing a lot of you hearing OU and defense in the same sentence, but Brent Venables might be bringing some change there. All right, first of all, you need to put some respect on the name. SMU is an ACC team. Thank you very much. So, um, you know, you need to oh. put some respect on their name. <laughs> just, no, Sorry, I, power this, power five win for the Sooners. Yeah, yeah. This, this does it. This game didn't bother me. I mean, SMU is a formidable opponent, and uh, it, yeah, OU is sluggish, but you still got some good production. You, your defense played well. I think there's a lot of positives to take from this game. And again, you won, so who cares? You move on, you stay alive. Uh, I, I have no problem with this game for OU. All right. Well, if that one doesn't bother you, what about Tennessee and Austin Pay? Hmm. Mm. You know, you could. You would be kind of premature to to panic on Tennessee right now for sure, but I, I think it goes into the old mantra, the mantra before the uh, season started with Joe Milton. It's like, you know, he's been so inconsistent through his career. Um, he's been kind of an, a, a journeyman per se, a little bit, and he's had great moments. But then you're like, man, is he really the guy? And yeah, so far you're just like, he's he's not the Hendon Hooker. You know, he, he's not the guy that's going to take over the game and just light it up. And this offense is not operating on all cylinders right now like it can. Now, the, the silver lining, the upside is it could. And if it does, watch out. Scary. Uh, but so far, man, there's a lot to be desired. And uh, 
I guess the positive is their run game has been really solid with Jalen Wright and Jabari Small, yep. those guys. And their defense has been fantastic. Hey, their defense, again, not, maybe not a program known for defense here lately, but, man, they, they, their defense has been great. So, um, tough game this weekend, though. No. Yeah, he uh, and Joe Milton, quarterback rating of 36.3 against mm. Austin P. That's, uh, I mean, that's concerning. I mean, their mascot is the Governors. I, you know, it's – I don't know. It, the governors. I, I don't even – I do not know what to say about Joe Milton. He, we know he has the ability, but at, at some point when you don't see it, you get kind of uh, a little gun-shy on predicting it. And at this point, Drew, I don't know who the heck I would put at number two in the East. I mean, it is it is wide open. Now, I think number one is a pretty good lock, but I don't I don't know who's number two. It could be yeah. could be Tennessee, could be Kentucky. Hey, may, maybe South Carolina ends up making noise. I don't think it's going to be Vanderbilt or Florida, but you know we'll see. Um, you know, kind of one team that speaking of Florida that did not struggle with FCS team is Florida bounces back from their loss against Utah and just hammers McNeese State. Um, not a real opponent, obviously another FCS school, but it's good to get things going on the right track and, and get a little bit of momentum going. Yep, and I love seeing Montreal Johnson get going and ETN both. I mean, they got the run game going. We'll see what they can do. Um, this week is is the ultimate test with the Tennessee Volunteers coming into town. Yeah, and and you know one we kind of skipped over early was Auburn. Um, they they were sluggish as well. I mean, not that I, neither one of us were real high on Auburn going into the season. Obviously, um, I believe we both had them picked last in the West. And they did they didn't look good. Now I'm not gonna lie, it was a West Coast game. It was late. I'm old, and I went to bed, so I had to record it along with the, the Oklahoma State-Arizona State game. And uh, I watched them both the next the next morning to uh, to catch up on what I'd missed. And, you know, I really just wanted to watch Peyton Thorne, Drew. Um, he's more he's mobile right. than I expected. I, yeah. Uh, he's he's more mobile than I expected, but not not real impressive, to be honest. Um, no. The, no. The defense definitely won this game. And, and you know, honestly, Cal kind of lost it as well because – they missed three field goals, plus they made a field goal that then got called back due to a holding call that pushed them out of field goal range. So they ended up just throwing a Hail Mary before the half. Um, they lost the touchdown due to an inadvertent whistle. It just just all kinds of bad for Cal um, to lose this game, and, and Auburn was able to take advantage. They scored late in the game on a on a big hit from Thorne to, to the tight end Fairweather to convert a third and 17 on their game-winning drive. But, again, this was a 14-10 final. It was – just ugly yeah you, and you said it I mean you know a minute ago I mean speaking of QB ratings I mean 56.9 for Peyton Thorne I mean he he didn't even have 100 yards you know passing I mean he wasn't impressive yeah. probably the biggest the biggest storyline was probably that Jarquez Hunter played had 53 yards on the ground so that's good to see um I feel like Auburn is Maybe uh, I feel like people are really or the media has really been wanting to hype Auburn up and get really excited about them with you freeze. Um, yeah. And I just think it's it's really premature right now. I mean, Peyton Thorne does not look great, um, but we'll find out. They play Sanford this week and then they get a and I, I believe. So, uh, you know, so, I, you know, I, I'm not jumping on this. You said it perfectly, though. Cal lost this game way more than Auburn won the game. So, yeah. but, hey, it's still and, a win. Still a win, so. And, and I think the reason people are hyping it is, one, it's Hugh Freeze. Two, their recruiting has been going off the charts. Um, 
I think they'll get there. <clears throat> I think Peyton Thorne is a Band-Aid. They need to get in a big-time quarterback in the transfer portal, and they may make some noise next year. But this team as it is this year, no, I don't see it. In fact, the, the Hugh Freeze quote I took from this one, Drew, was, I don't think we could have played any uglier or sloppier on offense. I'm yeah. really proud of our defense. Yeah. That's, that's what it both – I mean, he, he's right. Ugly, sloppy, the offense was terrible. Um, but, again, there's two sides of the ball. You don't have to win them both. That's right. So, you know, let's let's kind of roll over to the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys, the other game I had to watch the next morning. Um, I don't know who their quarterback is, Drew. You have any ideas at this point? Nope, no clue. Uh, they keep playing them all, <clears throat> but uh, they none of them can decide that they want the job at this point. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, honestly, though, you know, they won. I mean, again, yeah. I keep power going back five to win. The, Yeah, the Power 5 win. And, I mean, if they're going to have a decent season, they had to win a game like this. So, I, I'm i not uh, I'm not mad about it. But, again, the, the, it's just a – they're just one of the weirdest teams in the country right now. And going yeah. back to last year, they're still the same thing. They're still weird. I mean, I don't get it. I, I don't remember the last time you saw three quarterbacks rotating this amount this far into the season. You know? Yeah. This isn't, yeah. This isn't week one. Um. But yeah, you've got you've got Alan Bowman got the start this week. He had four series, and then they went over to Gunnar Gundy, the the son of Mike Gundy. He ran four series, and then they finished up with three series with Rangel at the end. Uh, right. and, and I can't say that any of them were overly impressive. So, no, not at all. All right, Drew. Let's keep it rolling with uh, a few of the blowouts over some FCS opponents. Um, Kind of start with Arkansas's opponent for next week, BYU. Roll through Southern Utah. Keaton Slovis in this game, 348 yards passing and four touchdowns. A little concern for the Hogs? Well, I, you know, a lot more concern there was the week before, for sure. They struggled with a, a Sam Houston State team this week. Took care of business. Keaton Slovis looked good. So, Hogs will uh, will have their uh, hands uh, full, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if BYU is uh, – is used to an SEC night game, so could be could be a little tough. But anyway, uh, very good performance by BYU. Did what they were supposed to do against a, a weaker team. Yeah. Okay. We'll uh, go with the next one. West Virginia. Who who's that they beat? Drew. Duquesne. Duquesne. <laughs> <laughs> old du- the Dukies. The old Dukies. You had to give me, I bring you in to just uh, save me from saying their name wrong again, and you, you mock me. That hurts. Feel good story, though. Feel yeah. good story here in West Virginia, man. You got you got well, to love what happened. You got to love it. Yeah. One of, and if you, again, if you follow our Twitter, you probably saw our, uh, we put out our top three players for both conferences. The one we used from West Virginia for one of them uh, was their receiver, Hudson Clement. He caught five passes for 177 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, I think he caught one other thing while he was there, didn't he, Drew? What was that? Tell me more. He, he caught a scholarship in the locker he room sure after the game. He sure so, did. What a, what a night for that kid. I mean, just a huge, huge performance on the field. And, and then you get to pick up scholarship while you're at it. Oh, man. Would have been fun to be on the call with his parents that night. So, no doubt. and he earned it, man. I love those are some of the best moments in college oh, yeah. football locker rooms. And when we get to see him, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. Doesn't get any better than that. So, totally gotta agree. love it. Huge for those kids. Yes. Um, wrap up with one more of those, and that's South Carolina 47 21 over Furman. Uh, probably, probably gave them a few more points than, the, than their fans are probably comfortable with, and, and kind of 
a little bit of a sluggish start in that one, but at the end of the day, they, they rolled. Um, they've, they've got a, they've got a big one coming up soon though. Hey, now Furman's number six in the, uh, FC or whatever the FC, whatever rank they are, they're, they're number six. So they're not, they're not bad. They're not terrible, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't, uh, I didn't love it. Right. I mean, Radler, he was dealing though. Um, Juice Wells, yeah. again, they still can't really run the ball. ball. Yeah. They still can't run the ball and Juice is still not involved but uh i you know i mean we all know they're they're saving the playbook for this week dude come on man i know we know know that we know they're gonna need to be able to run the ball this week (laughs) yeah yeah slightly slightly so we'll and we'll get into that georgia south carolina preview here in a here in a little bit but yeah we'll uh let's hit k-state you know they're just they're just solid drew they they play well every game there's there's not a whole lot of weakness to that to that to that squad um the one concerning thing i got from the game was will howard running in a touchdown with you know a few minutes left to make it 42 13 and it looked like he would maybe rolled an ankle or something he came up hobbled and they had to kind of help him off the field a little bit that's that's not where you want to get your star quarterback hurt though yeah that was that was strategy right there he's throwing people off uh throwing Mizzou yeah. off for the future here i mean Hey, look! You don't have to tell me Kansas State's solid. I'm I'm the one that chose them to be the next uh, dominant force in the uh, Big Twelve. So hey, I, I, knew it, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I I mean, consistency. When you think about Kansas State, you you on a non-joking mo, you know, point. You, you literally think about consistency and uh, same habits, same type of things. They Bill don't Snyder. beat themselves. They don't beat themselves. They're sound. They're disciplined, and that's what you're getting, man. That's what you're getting from Kansas State. So good stuff. Good stuff. Well. And and that almost overlooked one of our FCS beatdowns with uh, TCU forty one to six over Nichols. Um, you know, honestly, for them, it, it, another one similar that you just needed a bounce back, like Florida did, come back, overmatched opponent, do what you need to do, and and get the team right. And they yeah. did it. Chandler yeah. Morris looks solid in the game, so that's that's what they need, and they've got to build momentum from there. Sure, sure, agreed. So. You know, one game that was not a real exciting one to watch, though, was Iowa-Iowa State. You know, it was one of our pick'em games, and it's just – I don't I don't know. I, I guess it's good defense, but, man, it is really, really tough watching those two offenses. It is yeah. painful. It's tough, but I will say uh, I have been impressed that Iowa State has battled as well as they have amidst uh, kind of what they've been going through. And yeah. So, uh, with guys out, so props to – Iowa State uh, fighting like they are, so you know it, it would be really easy to uh, to uh, lay down, and they haven't done it. So, well, let's. Uh, we've only got one game left to talk about, and it's a uh, it, it was a walk off field goal. So we'll walk off with uh, with this one. UCF goes into Boise, Idaho, and beats mm-hmm. the Broncos on the blue field. Uh, a huge win for that for UCF. I mean, it, it's one you really need if you're going to have a good good season this year, and. You know, they yeah. went and got it. Big road Co- win. Cost them, though. It cost them. It cost them their quarterback because uh, John Rice Plumley is out for at least a couple weeks uh, with an injury. And uh, that could hurt, man. Going into Big 12 play, that could hurt. Um, nice win, but uh, that was announced by, actually before we got on the pod this afternoon that he is definitely out for two, maybe three weeks. Uh, yeah, up. that's that's tough. I mean, you got Villanova, so you're probably not worried about that one. But the following week – you got to go at K State, so yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. That's a, uh, that's going to be tough sledding for UCF. Tough. Very tough. Very tough. Very tough. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's, uh, Drew, let's jump into this upcoming week. Uh, we'll kind of break down some of the big games. You know, I, I'm not worried about talking about Baylor, Long Island a whole lot. Um, but you know, like we oh, talked about Kate. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> If you can name one player or coach for Long Island, we will talk about that game. Oh, but they're zero two. That's all I know. It's not, that's good for Baylor. Hey, bounce back that week. Is. Bounce back week. Yeah, you need it. You need it. You need to need another week to hopefully get shaping back sooner. So, now let's uh let's let's talk a little K State Missouri though. Um, assuming Will Howard's fine, which I think he is. You know, he walked off and everything, but I. I I think K-State wins this, and I think they win this handily. Uh, you know, I could see a 31-17 type game. Yeah, I don't – the line is five. I think that's crazy. That's free money, in my opinion. Uh, if You know, I would take that all day. I think I think K-State rolls in this one again. We just talked about it. Consistency, discipline, all the things that <clears throat> Mizzou is just not showing right now. And uh, But it is in Columbia, so, you know, we'll give that uh, – Little props, you know, there, but uh, I yeah. just, man, I, this just, this doesn't seem, this seems like it should be a bigger game, but it's not. It's really, at the end of the day, it just seems like it's not. Well, and that's, you know, if I, and again, FYI people, I am, I will be starting back my big three bets next week. I'm still in that building phase. I got to, I got to get a feel for these teams. But if we were doing big three bets, I guarantee you this would be on there. I love K State minus five. I, I just, Who's Missouri going to hang with? Is Brady Cook going to hang with with K State? I, I just don't see it. That would be one of my big bets. Um, you know, outside of that game, what what are kind of the big ones you think in the Big Twelve this week, Drew? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, BYU Arkansas is one of them. Yeah, I think BYU Arkansas is a, a, a sneaky good game. Uh, they're at 6.30 on Saturday night. I think it'll be a solid game. We've kind of talked a little bit about it already. Both teams have uh, quite a bit to play for, and Arkansas with the SEC West insights uh, to be competitive. So, big, big kind of clean it up type game. Honestly, kind of an interesting game to me is Wyoming-Texas. Um, just with what yeah. Wyoming has, has done so far, they're 2-0. They beat Texas Tech. Texas coming off a very emotional, tough game. Uh, For sure. Austin. Uh, easy, you know, easy opponent to overlook if you're Texas. Yeah. Kind of tricky trap game. I, you know, I think it's unlikely, but, uh, man, we'll see. I don't know. I think the Cowboys could uh, give them a, a run for the money, but we'll see how that – that's an intriguing game to me on Saturday night. Well, and I, I really I, – I, you got to name this one just because it's probably got one of my favorite rivalry names. But you got Pittsburgh – at West Virginia in the old backyard brawl. Yeah. So yeah, I think that one, that's one of our pick em games. It's basically a pick em anyway. Pitt is favored by one point. So that one could go either way. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really think West Virginia is very good. They're at home. I, I'm going to go with Pitt on this one, Drew. And, and it's not really a game we have to pick, but I'll, I'll, I'll take a pick from you anyway. 630 game in Morgantown. No way, baby. West Virginia. Oh, they need, it. They, they need it. They need it so bad. They need this game so bad. They need to win it. And uh, I just – I don't think they can afford to lose it. They're not going Drew, to. Drew's ready to burn some couches, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Put me in. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Uh, Speaking of can't afford to lose it, probably the, the game of the week in the Big 12 as far as can't afford to lose it. TCU, you know, after, after losing to Colorado, and Houston after losing to Rice. Big 12 matchup. 
Big yeah. 12 matchup here, man. Somebody needs that win. It's at Houston. I still I still like TCU in this one. Um, I don't think TCU is going to be anywhere near what they were last year. I still think they're better than Houston, though. Yeah, they are. And people are people are really staring down at, at the TCU right now. But, man, let's, you know, let's, again, let's step back. Let's step away from the ledge here on TCU and calm down. I mean, they're still going to be a good team. Uh, they're going to handle Houston pretty well in that second half, I think. And, and you know, they'll, they'll, they'll prove that they're still a player uh, in maybe that top half of the Big 12. But, yeah, we'll see. You know, it's kind of crazy that that's the most intriguing game in the Big 12 because, really, the SEC kind of notches it up this week. I mean, it really kind of gets going. Yeah, you get a couple good conference games. Yeah, yeah, I'll kind of roll into it. I mean, I'm personally excited about LSU-Mississippi State. Still can't believe it's an 11 o'clock kick, which that's a freaking travesty. That is uh, prime time on Fox, Drew. Prime time. Big noon, big noon. Um, But Davis-Wade Stadium, Starkville, big, big game for for both teams. Um, LSU has obviously got a lot to prove after – getting absolutely bludgeoned week one against Florida State. So this is a huge game. Mississippi State, I mean, talk about a prove-it game. I mean, to come out and to hang with uh, LSU would be would be gigantic for uh, for, for this team. And so we'll, we'll see how it goes, man. I, the line is 10. I think that's probably fair uh, in my opinion. I don't know. But I, I see LSU uh, eventually taking this one away. But I really do think it's going to be a solid game going in deep into the third quarter. All right, I uh, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay, not, not like in the that. winner, just in the in the closest of the game. I think LSU pulls away. Um, I don't know what we're going to get from Mississippi State this year, but I don't think they're quite on the talent level of LSU. Sorry for our Mississippi State guys. Uh, I I think I think LSU wins this by you know anywhere from two touchdowns to 17 points, somewhere like that. Uh, but I think they cover the spread as well. Yeah. So, go Tigers. Another big one we talked about earlier, Georgia, South Carolina. It's in Athens. Who do you have in this one, Drew? I'm so freaking tired of these CBS games. Uh, I mean, it's being in the SEC, I'm so tired of the the CBS dictating, you know, two weeks out what everybody else gets to do. I mean, I'm so over it. It's it's getting so old. Anyway, there's my my old man, uh, (laughs) you know, being mad at uh, Cloud. Yeah, with that Cloud. Yeah. Um, anyway, South Carolina, Georgia, not even going to be close. Uh, I think Georgia rolls. I think Georgia wakes up this week, and I think everything starts to jive. Um, South Carolina just hasn't shown enough. And this is in Athens. If it was in Columbia, I mean, it would be rowdy, man. It would be crazy. But um, I feel like Georgia and I feel like Kirby are going to be dialed in this week because they know that they haven't played to their potential. And finally, they get to show up you know, national television, two thirty, And, uh, I, I don't even think it's going to be close. I mean, the line is almost 28 at this point. Um, you know, no respect in Vegas for South Carolina as I don't think there should no. be at this point, you know, so it is what it is. You know, it's a lot of points and Georgia has not blown, blown me away with their performances. You know, Carson Beck looks meh. I, I know a lot of it's probably they're keeping things pretty basic on offense, pretty basic on defense. So maybe they come out and just roll South Carolina, which they probably should. But from what I've seen on tape between those two teams, and I, that's a lot of points to turn down if I'm if I'm betting it. I, I, I kind of like South Carolina with the points. If that thing jumps to 28, I really like South Carolina with the points. 
Um, as far as the game goes, I mean, yeah, Georgia wins this handily. I don't, I'm not saying I think South Carolina is good enough to, to hang with them, but I think they could keep it within four touchdowns. So, um, yeah, I think Spencer Rowler can make enough special throws during the game to at least put points on the board. And I don't well, know if Carson you, Beck can put a ton on. Yeah, and you, you hit the nail on the head there. I thought that was a good comment about a lot of these teams have not opened the book yet. So let, let's remember that. And this week may be the first week that a lot of teams show a lot of what they have. Yeah. All right. We got a little bit of a rivalry game, though, Drew. Tennessee, Florida. Now, if you ask a Florida fan, they probably won't call it a rivalry because they have won 16 of the last 18 matchups. Um, obviously, one of the ones that they did not win was last year as Tennessee won that one in Knoxville, 38-33. to This one's in Gainesville at Florida. Tennessee has not won there since, I think it was – 03 or 05, so, something like that. It's been a while. Um, what do you think, Drew? Is, uh, do the Gators continue to reign over Tennessee? I actually think this is going to be a decent game. So, um, I, I think that being in Gainesville, uh, night game, I think the crowd will be will be into it. I mean, it, it, you can't tell. I'm, I'm a big, like, home field advantage guy. I, I think home field advantage is going to be crucial in the SEC this year with the, with the parity that we're seeing. Um, but I think it's going to be a decent game going in the second quarter. I do think that um, we see enough from Tennessee to pull it out in the very end, but I don't think it's going to be quite as convincing as some people think. Um, I do not think we come out of this game thinking Joe Milton's the savior or anything like that, but I, I do think it's a solid win. Um, but we could argue that Billy Napier needs this game and needs this win worse than anybody in the entire country. Um, so he – he needs it, and desperate desperate people do desperate things, Jordan. So we shall see. We shall see. That's fair. Um, score prediction? Uh, 31. I'm going to go 31-17, Tennessee okay. over Florida, uh, second half ball game. Gotcha. I, uh, I agree. I've got Tennessee winning it in Gainesville as well. I actually I... – I think it. I think, like you said, I think the the crowd's going to be rocking. I think Florida's going to want this. They're going to do everything they can, every every trick in the book, and I think they're going to get close. I see this being, a, a, you know, within the spread. I think it'll be a three point win for Tennessee, or four point. You know, maybe something like 24, 20, 27, 24. I see it lower scoring, most likely. Um, I think Florida hangs with them better than we'd expect, but at the end of the day, well, I guess I mean I'm giving my prediction, so obviously not better than I expect, but. You know, better than what you expected before the season. I'll say that. It, it just Joe Milton hadn't wowed me yet. This might be the game he does it. Either way, I'm taking Tennessee, but I think it's going to be very close. So, um, any other SEC games you want to talk about, Drew? Any that strike your fancy before we get out of here? Uh, you know, you got Georgia Tech at Ole Miss. Should be a snoozer there in Oxford. Um, Vandy UNLV, kind of a weird game. Um, Vanderbilt, man, they need to win that. Um, I think the weird, the, the other weirdest game is, is Alabama going to South Florida. So just watch that. What is Alabama's uh, mentality? I, I think it'll be really pissed off, honestly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I've got we'll money on Alabama minus 32 in that one, FYI. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, if history has taught us anything, they're going to be mad. So, yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't want to face an angry Nick Saban. No, you so, don't. That, and no, that's, you don't. I think that was part of you and I's ranking for them this season. We both picked them to win the West. Mainly because we just you, – you saw a Nick Saban that had his, his coaching 
I don't know, excellence questioned over the offseason with Georgia winning back-to-back titles. Sure. And, you know, I, I try to stay so far away from the emotional side of the football game. I try to just use logic when I make picks, and I didn't do it. And I regret it on Alabama. You know, we talked about it before the season. It's like, you know what? They didn't look all that great last year. And then they go lose the quarterback that was winning so many games down the stretch. They lose their top edge rusher. But honestly, I just picked them because they're, they're Alabama. It's like, you know what? Nick Saban's angry. They've got five stars on top of five stars. So they'll figure it out. And so far, I, I'm, I'm not impressed with, I'm not impressed with Jalen Milrow. And I, yeah. I feel like I probably should have had him lower than 10 and two. And I don't know. I guess, I guess we will see what happens with, with the tide and with that dynasty. We will definitely see. We will definitely so, see. All right. Well, we'll we'll get out of here. You know, everybody enjoy the games this weekend, and uh, I guess we'll see you here next week.